What's going on, fans? My name's Josh. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend and super ass cool podcast co-host Matt Liston. Super ass cool out of the gate. That's what I like to hear, brother. Beautiful. Today we're going to talk about the uh, future of Star Wars and where it's heading with its live action productions. And this is the Nerdforce Podcast. Before we get started, I just want to remind um, everybody uh, to um, that's listening on the podcast uh, or that's watching uh, on YouTube to like and um, subscribe and rate um, if you're listening to the podcast. It definitely helps us out. Um, you can also communicate through uh, to us through there. And if you're wanting to get the episodes early, make sure to go to our Patreon. Um, for as little as $1 a month, um, you can get the episodes um, as soon as we upload them to Patreon, which is usually either the same night or the next day. Um, and it's two, three days early um, for the uh, the public release. So um, with that out of the way, Matt, bring us into this week with some other news. All right, man. Other news. I got a bunch of interesting stuff. I mean, it's like a lot of random stuff too, but I mean, we're definitely going to get to the meat of what we normally talk about. But one that came up and I really was interested in was... Uh, Disney um, moving into a live-action production of The Black Cauldron. Did yeah. you happen to see that at all? Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I've, I've heard vaguely about this. I honestly don't remember the cartoon. I've seen the cartoon Yeah. whenever I was a kid, but, yeah. you know, well, 25 years it, it ago. It dropped in, like, 1985. And I yeah. do remember this cartoon because I was, I mean, at this age, it was like, I was, at that age, well, I was 15, so... Mm-hmm. For me, it was like I was in D and D. I was playing. I was in a D and D league. We had a game. We had the whole dealio going on. So, when Disney put this out, it was like so unique to me to see something coming from Disney that was much darker. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and as far as Disney goes, it yeah. was the first animated to get a PG rating for them too. Oh wow! And they also talked about that. I mean, again, a lot of people pan the movie and say it's not good, whatever, and. um I though, because of the you know being a fifteen and D and D nerd too, I definitely thought all oh, this anything with swords and sorcery or whatever I was in whole hawk. You yeah. know what I mean? So give me give me Conan, give me Black Cauldron, give me whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the story is, is is basically it's it's a simple premise. You know, you know, pig farmer kid wants to grow up be a gallant knight type thing you know that that whole it's just like it's kind of tropey in a sense yeah um i i believe it's loosely based on some like welsh like fairy tale type thing or welsh story or whatever but anywho it didn't do it didn't do well at all and at the time they had spent a ton of money on it okay um i and i think it was this was still like relatively early for Disney's like their their animation oh, process. Yeah. That this was, was they they call layered type of thing. Mm-hmm. So they also called this kind of like there's a term that that's used and and I don't know it for sure, but after Disney died, mm-hmm. there's this period of time where they I don't know what they call it, but it was like they were still finding their footings and, and, yeah. and trying to carry the on. Disney Dark Ages. Dark yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Dark Ages. That's it. That's it. But I I did I did like the movie and. 
it's not something. I mean, they, they released like an anniversary edition. It was nothing really great on that because I did watch that because I got it for my kids, but um, they were never really into it. But it was also um, out, you know, behind like an ET re-release and stuff like that too, and, and you know, stuff like. So it was kind of hard for it to really get its footing, but it was different for Disney definitely to do it. Bottom line said, it's loosely based on a, on a book series by a Lloyd Alexander called Chronicles of um, uh, Prydain, I believe. I think I, the pronunciation is ridiculous. I cannot. I think it's Prydain. I think it's what it's yeah. called. Anyway, it's a five book series. Welsh. What's that? So it sounds Welsh. Yeah, I buy it. It's Prydain. <laughs> <laughs> So um, yeah, you can you can vouch, Josh. <laughs> Am I close? <laughs> close enough? Uh, I guess so. I'm going to go with yes. But I think what's cool is they just got the property back, though. So I, I think they did a loose adaptation, and I say loose, I mean loose, extremely loose. loose yeah. Yeah. But they brought this back, so now we're going to be looking at a um, you know it's a trilogy. I mean not trilogy. It's a five book series. So there's a lot of material, and if they're going to go back to source, I can't say it's going to be a complete Black Cauldron redo type situation. But let's be honest, like, come on, this this could work for Disney like a champ. Oh yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, especially yeah. with Game of Thrones interest, D and D interest, you know, this type of this type of genre coming off in Di- with Disney Plus doing everything right, mm-hmm. you know, unlike HBO Max. You know, I mean, I think it could be it could be big. I, I have a feeling this is going to be something special. And if they go back and do the source material, um, again, I haven't never read the books, but I'm thinking if they go back to that, I think it's going to be better. And they felt that this original adaptation of the book, as loose as it was, was the mistake. And that's where they kind of missed the mark. Had they maybe did it the other way, you know, and stick more true to the core, the source material would have had better results. But still, it was a it was a very risky turn for Disney to go dark like that. In a yeah. sense, you know. Yeah. So, but anyways, I personally just thought it, it sounds like a great idea. I think that this could turn into something really big for them. Hmm. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, but now that they own it, good things should happen. So, anywho. That's basically it on that. So that we'll hear more about that as as we go along. But I can definitely see that that happening. So, um, just to, I don't really have any uh, uh, page for this to show anyone. But you know what's interesting that we talked about HBO Max last week, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and how I feel it just sucks. But, <laughs> but. So I mean, I, let, let me let me address the the, the harshness. I. I I've since I've, I've watched on the PlayStation. Yes. Right. I, I enjoy it. Like I mean, I enjoy the things that are on it, and like the the only but, things. What is it? Is okay. Let me. I'm gonna shut up. What are you want? What are you watching new on there that you like? Um. Well, I finished Looney Tunes with Daniel. Okay. This um, is where I'm going. Yeah. The and then um, they did have the um just this past couple of days they had the Batman episode of the. Not too late show with uh, with Elmo. And we'll have to watch this okay. that after this. Okay, right. Um, I thought it was going to be Ben Affleck. And it sounds kind of like Ben Affleck. I don't think it's Ben Affleck. Yeah. But um, I heard it was Ben Affleck, though. But you're right. It, they're not sure. But I, yeah. I, I did hear it was, though. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I thought whenever I saw the, the trailer for it, is it, it definitely sounds like Ben Affleck. But mm-hmm. um, very, you know, it was eh. Um, 
as far I don't really watch anything new on it though. I, I definitely watch more like reruns of like okay. cartoons and stuff like that. So now let me ask you this: mm-hmm. If you didn't have your wonderful son Daniel, yeah, would you be watching the Elmo Late Show? Oh, I didn't watch it with him. I just watched it for Batman. Like literally, <laughs> I only watched one episode, and he was outside at the time. <laughs> so I'm like, I like sitting there, a 30 year old grown ass man, sitting by myself on my couch. Watching Elmo (laughs) just to see Batman to see if they're going to talk about anything new. Okay, that's how dedicated I am, Matt, to the podcast. (laughs) All right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take your watching Elmo Late Show for Batman, (laughs) and I'm gonna double down on that. I'll tell you what I did. And my wife just looked at me, shook her head, and just walked away. So. I had to go on and order her two books that she wanted, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I happened to go on and see these two books, and I'm like, okay. So I just I go on, I just check out what's going on with Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, a fifty pack stickers of Star Wars, five ninety nine. Yeah, <laughs> and they're dishwasher sale. It's like, what are you kidding me? <laughs> and I'm like, what? how am I not going to buy these? Now? <laughs> Hell yeah, they'll be here tomorrow. Okay? So if you didn't notice the laptop, yeah, I has I do. Yeah, yeah, the, I took one of the Power Ranger stickers off and I've now uh put the uh yes. the, um the Rebel sticker on there. Exactly. So I and I also I have forty nine to go and I have some for you. Okay. So <laughs> So so I don't know if that I don't know who gets the pot on that one, but anyways. She thought it was she thought um Actually, she didn't really say what she thought. She just looked at me <laughs> with a vacant look, and then words just, were not needed. They just turned and walked away. So yeah. I think I was like, "Okay, I got the message." But anyways, so I got big plans for these stickers: laptop, Yeti cup, <laughs> coolers. I mean, I'm gonna have them all, dude. I got them all. Now there's some that are kind of weak. Yeah. You know, like the jar jars I'll give to the kids. They can stick them on their shirts and run around the yard or whatever. I don't want those. Yeah. But anyways. So moving on. Oh, so my point though, my point though, right? So with HBO Max is um, you, Looney Tunes right now is by far the hugest thing on HBO Max. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. it's out viewing everything else like by double digits. Okay. Second thing, Elmo. So the two new things that they're putting on the platform are are going like gangbusters. But you know what? That's that's the thing. It's still sloppy though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like to me, and, I, and I'm going to get off this HBO thing. I have to because it's got a lot to go. But I just, people are so confused. HBO Go, HBO Max, HBO Now, HBO Regular. I mean, what the hell? But I said I'm done. But what I found interesting, though, is how much we did talk about how cool the Looney Tunes was. And then we watched a couple episodes last night or last weekend. Yeah. And, um, they're fantastic, dude. Yeah, they yeah. are so, so, so good. True to the original. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. But true, but just, just, it's just a little sprinkle of today. Yeah. You know, and that's yeah, what yeah. makes it so good because that's such a formula you don't mess with. No, yeah, yeah. It's like and you, they have before. Yeah. But it seems like they've definitely learned their lesson, which yeah. speaks a lot to the upcoming Space Jam movie. Hopefully they'll do, yeah. you know, good with that and it'll be very much true to the original. And Bill Murray comes back. And Bill Murray comes back. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Yeah, but um, yeah, that that uh, and maybe even Michael Jordan comes back. But yeah, I mean that the because yeah, uh, he's hurting for cash. I heard. 
Oh yeah, I mean, no, I'm kidding. I'm completely kidding. That man is making money while he's sleeping. He's got Hanes royalties coming in like crazy (laughs) right now. But um, he's still got Gatorade money. Yeah. So yeah, I mean the, you know, hopefully they they do well by it, and I, I think that they, based upon performance of this it seems like they might if it's the yeah. same team creative yeah. team now what i like what i would like to do is like i mean there's obviously i mean the the looney tunes catalog is just ginormous mm-hmm. so i hope they can continue to to re- keep revamping this product and bring it back because i mean you can clearly see the interest level so i mean looney tunes is just not gonna die it's not no gonna go no away. it's, it's it timeless it's timeless yeah. it's timeless so but anyways, I just thought it was cool that, you know, we talked about it a little bit, and it's interesting that the two things that you watch are the number one and number two yeah. for Max. That's really one wanted, wanted to talk about. Those are the two huh. big hitters. So. Okay. Anyways, moving on from that. So the other thing I was going to talk about, and um, you mentioned it as well, is all right, how, you, how are you feeling about this the movie thing? You know, with the way we're going to do this movie business. Because right <clears throat> now, Cine, Cinemark, they're going to do like a soft reopen on the 19th, but everything that they have, Cinemark, will be open by July 10th. And they're going to do the distance seating and stuff like that. Yeah, so so to begin with, on June 19th, the plan is to open up at 25% capacity where they do open up. Okay. Um, by the point that they open up for um, Tenet is the big blockbuster that they're wanting to open up all of their theaters the movie that we can't understand but yes yeah 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 so um but they you know it's the first big blockbuster we've had in you know ages and um many moons ago there were these things called blockbusters yeah now we have another one but the um uh the they're gonna open up by that time at 50 percent. so they're you know um or they're hoping to at least. So yeah. I I think uh, it'll still be sparse. I don't think that they'll, I think that, you know, the 50% is probably fair to what they'll be able to get to. They, they say they can make money at it. Um, and if they can, you know, good, good for them. Um, AMC is hurting really bad. Um, AMC is like on the verge of bankruptcy from all this. So, I mean, the theaters definitely need to reopen to be able to get the cash flow. Sure. Um, there's a Dallas theater too. That's, that's opening up and they're, um, hiring strictly AMC furloughed customer employees, so mm-hmm. good for the Dallas area. So, yeah. um, or not furloughed but laid off employees. So, um, most of those. I mean, I'm not trying to sound like a douchebag, but aren't most of those just high school kids that are serving popcorn and, and so? I mean, that's what it is. I would think that's, so. that's what it is in Somerville, anyway. Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got a friend back in Chattanooga that still works over there. I mean, I'm not about talking about the management teams and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah I'm talking about the dude like. When I go, yeah, it's the just guy mostly, at yeah. the tickets and the guy cleaning, you know, the people cleaning yeah. up the seats and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. no, I agree. But yeah. um, you know, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I would think, yeah, I, I would be along the same so, road lines. So as let me you, ask you this though: thing. What do you think ticket pr- ticket pricing is going to look like? So initially, they're going to be selling tickets for um, for a discount before the the um, July period. So the stuff that's going out before that period, because it's not going to be new stuff, right? They're going to yeah. be selling tickets for like five bucks a piece. Really? Yeah, according to the Cinemark, um, the the thing that I posted up on the Facebook page. I think it, I don't think it was this article, but yeah, 
Um, no, this is know. just one that I threw in there, but yeah, you had a better one than this. Yeah, I think it was from Variety or something yeah. like that. But yeah, yeah they they um, they were saying you know before that period it was going to be, and then at that point I think it will probably be up to what we were seeing before. So um, with Cinemark specifically, I don't know about Regal or anything okay. else. So I'm just again, this is where I start getting into my I'm a data person, so I started start doing numbers and things like that, right? So the viability of a theater is solely on the revenue they receive from concession, right? Yeah. So you're already operating at at 25% at first, and then do if you move to a 50% capacity per theater, you're still... You're still... 50% of your concessions. Exactly. You, I mean, and that's assuming... Granted, that's granted, assuming like, if people are even going to buy, because, I mean, how many people have been affected to the point where they, they don't have jobs, or their jobs have been cut, or the pay's been cut, the hours have been cut... Whatever it might be, like, and their their one releases go to a movie. Are they gonna go and spend, you know, twenty bucks to for a popcorn and a soda? I mean, I it just, I, I don't know. I I just I I don't know, dude. I I don't I don't think theaters are gonna go away. I we are seeing a huge uptick, obviously, in drive-ins. Yeah, with, even mean, with the pop-up drive-ins here. Yeah, happening. exactly. Yeah, sure, so. for sure. Which which also makes me question. I love going to the movies, first off. Okay. I, I yeah, love the experience. experience. Yeah. I love the experience. I love going, especially, you know, I, I love all the, the the goofy sound stuff. And when you talked about last week, if the one of it has the, the different effects in it and all that type of stuff. Yeah, the 40X. Oh, my God. If I could see, if I could see a Star Wars movie in that yeah. or something like yeah. that, fantastic. Erection the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we need an extra cleaner over here, please. <laughs> extra got, cleaner. We got somebody pulling a Pee Wee Herman in this theater. Okay. But um. <laughs> but um. I I just I don't want this to kill the theater too. But I just wonder. I just wonder how they're going to make it though. I mean, I, I guess you. I mean, if it's just labor, you cut the labor back. But. The cost of the movie that they're going to have to pay to get the movie, you know what I mean? And it, yeah, well, I mean, so so many I, of these, the the whole thing that we've had recently, at least, was the I, I think it was AMC that got upset with um, Trolls came out on video on demand, right? And they've got this whole contract up with them with all the movie agencies that they're supposed to sure release these, and so. You know, I don't think that the the I don't I don't know that they're gonna I don't know how the licensing works for that for the film release stuff. Yeah. But I wouldn't think that, you know, it would it would impact the bottom dollar as much as we think. Just because, you know, they you were think, playing you, on the you same think we're gonna, I think I think we're gonna see a, some kind of a hybrid deal, yo. Yeah. You know, just because maybe. I I think the commitment with Hanks making his move with Greyhound over and just saying, I'm forgetting the movies, and he's just going to do it that way, mm-hmm. you know, and through Apple TV. I mean, I I think I can see some more like hybrid things because this is going to be a really difficult time because we talk about the highest grossing movies and all that type of stuff and where they rank and all. That. It's going to be it's going to those things are going to have asterisks now, mm-hmm. you know, just like Barry Bonds and as he rightfully should have an asterisk because you know, but that's a separate issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes down. And 
I don't want, I do not want the theaters to go away and I don't think they will. I just think the experience is going to be a little bit different in, in how it's done. Yeah. At least short term. Right? Short term. Yeah. 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 Uh, but first off, I'm not complaining about having extra sheets. No, you no, always yeah. look for that. Man don't space. sit next to me yeah. seat anyway. So you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? So I'm good with that. But yeah, having only every other seat. Yeah. Take off, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Anything else on that? Um, no. No. I think Dan Lee's excited for our next topic, though. No, the one. I'm... <laughs> yes. Near and dear. By the way, as we all know, our gold, platinum, ultimate uh, status million miler, miler, miler Danley. Yeah. Um, he threatened to come on and do a uh, Tiger uh, King uh, podcast with us, and yeah. um, unfortunately, I think he was on a uh, little bike ride with his bride and didn't wasn't able to make it. Yeah. However, we're still open to that. And I'm sure that um, he would love to come on. He does have a question tonight. We'll get to that later. But um, for Danley, too, I wanted to make sure we included that, you know, this... Dude, this is just... We, we haven't really delved into this. No. This is just such a quagmire of just crazy <clears throat> shit. It's just insane. Yeah. Is it not? Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, mean, I can't... I can't... It just... I can't even... It's... When watching it, it was like... What? Yeah, what? yeah. Like the entire what? time, you're like, what? you're like, well, what? this person's crazy. Yeah. And then you're like, this person's crazy. <laughs> and you're like, and this person's crazy. And you're like, I really hate this person. And then you're like, I really hate this person more. She definitely did. Maybe she didn't. Oh yeah, no, she she did it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's a roller coaster of emotions. Man. Oh my god, it is just. I mean, and there, it just, it, it is like. It's like a trailer park fire. That's yes, yes. a trailer park fire on a train wreck. <laughs> it just exactly. But anyway, so the latest and greatest is uh, um, the beloved uh, Carol Baskin, who always looks so sweet in those headbands. Um, it has now been determined that she forged her husband's will, her dead husband's will. Yeah. Well, so this is after. Yeah. Because there was an update to the story before this. This is after she won um, the Tiger Park from exactly. the Tiger King yeah. in a court battle. Not from Tiger King, from the new owner. Yeah, from the new owner, yeah. but that that same zoo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. She she now owns. Um, what's interesting about this story, the the will being forged, was that the Hillsborough County and Isla and the county that she um, that she operates in. Um, or lives in, operates in, but um, when I lived in Tampa, the it was Hillsborough, but the the Hillsborough County Sheriff, um, due to the the um, documentary series mm-hmm. and the outcry from the documentary series, he reopened the case yeah. for this, and this is obviously the. But yeah, go ahead yeah. With, with the story. Yeah, no, that's basically it. But Jeff Lowe is the guy that has the other park. Yeah, there, Jeff right? Lowe. Yeah, 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 and he's and dude, he. Seriously, with the whole nanny situation and all that stuff, yeah, he was, yeah, he, he's just, I, he, I don't Okay, know. first of all, they're all weird. He, I know, but I mean, At the first very off, he, is, he has cornered the market on affliction wear and anything that's bedazzled. Yeah. He owns it all. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, I don't know, just very strange group. But anyway, so yeah, and then I guess I also heard 
that he definitely she's not taking the tigers, which that bothers me because I thought she was the holier than now. I'm going to rescue all the tiger things, yeah. but she doesn't want the tigers. But he did ensure that when she comes to take this park over, it's going to be an absolute crap hole. So, which I don't doubt with him. Yeah, yeah. No, he's I don't doubt that one bit or whatever. Yeah. It, I wouldn't be surprised if it's just leveled. Yeah, yeah. But, anywho. Full of, full of expired Walmart meat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the bucket. And the thing is, is they were still happy and still working there. Yeah. And they were eating rancid meat. Getting paid $2 an hour. <laughs> living what? in a trailer. That is insane, eating. dude. Yeah. How bad is your how bad is your life that you're willing to eat like expired meat that okay first off that Walmart's not even willing to sell yeah okay yeah and that's and that's how you roll and losing a hand in the process <laughs> exactly and still working there after the fact and you know what's more confusing about that 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 person yeah is chick or dude oh she was definitely a chick but. I thought so too, but then someone refers to her as a dude. I don't know. Maybe she's non-binary, or maybe. Well, she's, I don't. I don't you know. know. I mean, right. whatever. Living in a day I'm and age completely, where there's... completely cool with that. I thought she was a girl, but then they referred to an article that that it was a person that was as a man. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, okay, well, that's fine um, too. I mean, I don't. Whatever. I mean, it, who knows? Yeah. But anyways, say la vie and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> Just want to throw that out there. So anyways, yeah, so, Carol, I, mean, I would. I'll be honest with you. As a as a watcher of this and a follower of all this big ass and everything, of course, I want to see Baskins get her day. Though I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you is, and the rest of the country. You know what? She is just as just she is devious and just it plays that off like. Mm, yeah. Uh, so for those that are listening on the podcast, because I don't think we ever got to the, the actual story, um, her husband, uh, who had mysterious had disappeared. Underneath um, peculiar circumstances, you yeah. can say. Well, did two of her husbands die? No, just the one. one. Just the one. Yeah, she she had left one of her husbands, and then the other one um, was doing some um, shady business across uh, with Costa Rica, or between Costa Rica. Yeah, and uh, and Tampa, and he would fly his privately owned plane out there occasionally. Had another, you know, side chick over there, and well, wouldn't you if you were dating Baskins? I wouldn't be dating <laughs> Baskins. So yeah, I don't know how long it took them to figure that one out, but it would have been before I said I do, <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, so he 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 goes missing. Um, uh, there is a will that comes out that says. In the event of my um, of my death or disappearance, and so first of all, like people are raising an eyebrow and, and wondering, why who writes that? who writes that in their will? First of all, and then, but so obviously that raises a bunch of questions. They've they've since found out, and recently they found out, like two days ago, um, that the will's forged. Um, or they've verified the wills forged. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's, that's going on, but you know, 
So if the story can get any crazier, Matt, it's gotten crazy. Oh, it's going to, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you don't, this, you just, like, when you're watching the show, you're like, oh, this, and then what? And what? And what? And it keeps going. It keeps yeah, on going. Yeah, you wouldn't think that it would it, get any crazier. Yeah. And but it somehow, does. it gets crazy. Yeah. All right, we'll move on, and we'll get to, um, I want to talk, this, now this is just a little campy video that I came across. It's a trailer for a movie called Vampire Dad. And I don't know what it is. It just hit it hit something with me. I'm like thinking, you know what? This is one of these like B move. It's a B movie. I'm not going to lie about that. I think, but I do think it's funny. This guy is like a he's a big actor. He's um, I forget yeah, the I show. Re- that I recognize the daughter too from somewhere yeah. as well. <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, like it's it's obviously got a few good actors in it. Yeah, it it's does. definitely like uh, it's it's b movie it's lay down the premise for us Matt. well so basically so what it is he's a vampire right and from what i've gathered from the trailer he is also like a counselor or a therapist of some kind but he has to obviously keep hiding that he who he is however other other um entities other mummies and werewolves and whoever else so basically this is the 60s right so this is the 1960s the nuclear family exactly that whole type of thing it's like the leave it to beaver situation Uh you know two you know parent two kids 2.2 kids or whatever 2.25 whatever it is but anyways and then the daughter brings home the boyfriend and stuff like that and of course what's funny is like oh you're not in the pictures and he took a picture of the guy of course he's a vampire so there you go but what just struck me funny is like, you know, he's on the phone canceling out his appointments. He's got blood on his face and everything. And it's just, it's the, what's going to make this movie work? And this is so funny too. He's like sitting there and counseling. He's counseling a werewolf guy. The werewolf's in his office and he's talking to him. And he's like, oh, well, I work from home so nobody ever really sees me. So <laughs> I'm a virtual employee. <laughs> so I don't know. I just think it has like, has the potential to, to be funny and i think it's I, I don't know i think it might be okay i'm not gonna give it like oh this looks like a really good movie i just looks like something that i would i i will watch that because i just think it has the potential to be funny that's all yeah no absolutely. that's really that's really all it was and i just think that it's nice to see because you have that in that 60s period too that's when you had the movies like the mummy and the swamp thing, and uh, not there's not swamp or creature from the black like, lagoon, yeah. and all those type of monster characters, the blob, you know, the blob, and all yeah. that stuff. So to see it like this, and he's in that environment where you have the constraints of the 1960s as well, and he has to play to that. I think it's it should be pretty funny. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, I mean it's definitely coming out uncontested too with anything else. So. Well, someone just commented and said, I feel this is either going to be amazing or absolute crap. And that's basically how I feel about yeah. it, too. It's either going to be really funny or it's going to go to the top of the B-list movie and be there with, like, Basket Case and a couple other B-movies. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, there's actually a new one out that, that we need to watch. It's um, Velocipaster. And so the, the the premise of it goes that it's a sci-fi original um, movie that i think it's sci-fi um that uh um that they've done and um what's what's the premise of it is is that there's this pastor um like preacher type of character he somehow becomes infused with a raptor i don't know if it's like he gets bit (laughs) by a raptor 
or something like that, but he he takes on this per- persona. They usually finish it off. Yeah, like a velociraptor. If I learned it from Jurassic Park, Park they kind of yeah. take you down as a team. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lone raptor. I don't know if he was like the last oh, of his feet. He's rogue? Something like that, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like a Mando? Yeah, exactly. So he... Um, he he, but anyways, this this pastor becomes like a half pastor, half half velociraptor. Nice. And then he starts fighting evil as velociraptor. <laughs> and this thing's like blown up. Like like, there's tons of articles about it. There's people talking about it on the internet and stuff. Yeah. So, um, it's it's obviously thing something that people have enjoyed, and for that reason, it's it's so ridiculous. It's funny. That's so, how it goes. That's how it goes. Um. But yeah, so that's that's um there, and um definitely check that out. Something uh, that um else that's came out recently, um and both Matt and I are huge fans of um, Kevin James. Um, I obviously know grew up with Kevin James from King of Queens. I know that Matt really enjoys king of queens um and that became like a, a, a regular show for him that he would catch on um premieres um every time that it would come on he'd watch it um and he's been absolutely everything he's going to be in a new movie um that's actually produced by Redbox. um it's one of Redbox's first movies that i know of at least and they you know they don't they don't haven't had any major productions or at least anything with major actors within it um, recently, but um, it seems like they're they're taking a step into this at least VOD realm with um, with this movie Becky, um, and Becky is coming out this year at some point, um, but it's got Kevin James on it, and I know that you're oh huge huge fan of Kevin James. Love I Kevin love James. Kevin James, dude. I could watch King of Queens every day of the week and right now i think it's on um i don't know which channel is it's every i think it's every wednesdays and thursdays they run a marathon and just run it all day long i yeah, just yeah. put it on in the background list too because that is one of the few shows that makes me just laugh out loud it makes me i mean i love kevin james <clears throat> and i've always felt that his movies like here comes the boom all yeah, those that all, was really good that was good the, you know and, that he's uh, actually he's huge in, in, into MMA, right? Like, oh yeah. Like like he didn't have to have a ton of training to come into that. Like he yeah. knew a ton of it, and then he obviously like expanded upon that. Sure. But but like yeah. people like um, uh, Joe Rogan was talking about it, yeah. and he was talking about um, Kevin James being on, and he's like he's like dudes like dude knows his stuff. Like dude doesn't mess around about it. Well, he's not. For a big dude, he's very he's very agile. Like yeah. I mean, one of the funniest uh, episodes of King of Queens is when he put a stripper pole in the bedroom. <laughs> if you remember that one or not, I don't know. <laughs> and then he works the pole, and it's like, damn, my brother. I mean, <laughs> so, but I mean, he was a big football player too. So I mean, he played yeah. football and stuff. So he's very he's an athletic dude. He just he's just he's, just he's a big dude. That's yeah. all it is. But <clears throat> he's always. All of his movies, outside of like I like I love Paul Blart. I mean, I think they're funny, you know what I mean. But they're always, I always, I guess I want more because I always want him to be the you know the King of Queens guy, and I, I just 
And he plays the same type of person, but in different scenarios when he does the movies. And it doesn't... His movies I like, and the one that I like a lot was the one where he was the mystery writer. It was a Netflix movie. And I think it was called Ghost Writer, I think, or something like that. And he it ended up being like a, like a, uh, a badass... Uh, like yeah, what, yeah, what he yeah. wrote, he was doing like like Jack Ryan stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, remember uh, I can't remember really what it was good. called. Yeah, I like that one or Mister yeah. Mystery Writer or something, yeah. whatever it was. But I liked it. I started to see him making a turn with that, you know. But don't get me wrong, I still love him on like the ones where he does with Adam Sandler and Chris Rock with like was it the Family the, Day or the, the Grown Ups? Grown Ups, yeah, yeah, I like that too. But um, this, yeah. So you think. You take everything that you know of Kevin James, yeah. flip it on its head, and yeah. then put in a blender. Put put, put a uh, swastika on the back of his head. Jesus, this shave is his something. head. Give yeah. him like a big bushy beard, mm-hmm. and then you've got this. And I, I mean, this is just—it's insane. It looks. It looks like so. It looks like if you were now. Hold on a second. I saw on that it said rated R grizzly image. Is that because of his beard? <laughs> nope. Sorry. <laughs> Sir, <laughs> we would like to give you the PG thirteen rating, but the beard just takes over that. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, but that. So the um, uh, if you were to ask me what like the movie looks like, if you were to take the love child of Hannah and um, uh, American uh, uh, History Psycho? X, oh. And then, um, like, uh, um, uh, what's the what's the one where they the Scott Pilgrim versus the World? Yeah, <laughs> like it's definitely like like the marriage of those three. It's funny you said that because I you definitely get that from the video or like yeah. from the trailer you get that Pilgrim feel, you know. And I don't, I don't know if that's just a trailer thing, like this the stab 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 stab, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely could be just a trailer thing. It, from the first trailer, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of that. It, they may have added that in in post production. Yeah, and and that may be what we're seeing, and that may be very prevalent within the movie. But you know, it's um, very interesting to say the least. Yeah. Definitely not something that you would expect from Kevin uh, Kevin James, but it it looks good. No, it looks fantastic, and I think this hopefully. Is gonna take Kevin and put him, have him take that step. You know what I mean. And that would be nice to be able to take him. And I, I, I want it for him. I would love for him to see him to be able to take this and move it into something bigger. And I think he's picked the right platform because this isn't a major, this isn't a major studio release or anything like that. So he found a vehicle to be able to show another side of him, which I think is great because it's like how many times can can you be cast as the lovable fat guy? You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, you know, finally an opportunity. Yeah, he's. He, I guarantee you he will still continue to work with Adam Sandler. And Adam, they'll make those movies. And I will watch every one of them without question. But I would love to see him to, to, to develop and grow out like this. But I'll tell you also what I thought interesting about that, too. Is it's um, McHale. Kevin McHale. Or, yeah, Kevin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, McHale. He's in that. That's a departure for him, though, too. So you got two Who's guys. Kevin He's the guy that used to do talk soup and stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I did know. know yeah. So. And yeah. and and so he's he in it too. Community. He exactly. Oh yeah. Community. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. that's probably easier than talk soup. Yeah, yeah. Community. I like him. Yeah, I, think I, he's, I think he's an extremely funny dude too. 
And he's taking himself now and putting himself in a very different Yeah, a very serious role. It's probably I mean it's obviously like I don't know how long he's in it. Yeah. You know, but Yeah, I mean Kevin Kevin James is definitely the antagonist in this and he's definitely like a you know horror style character versus this guy who's the dad of the character and he's probably playing a a very serious role in this versus Kevin who's playing a a very dark role. But Yeah. And it's interesting to see him like that and I, I just um I hope that they do not... Because they show him walking around the yard, too, like in the orange jumpsuit and stuff, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want... I don't want one joke out of no, him. No, no, no. Not one. No. I don't even want, like, no. sarcasm. I don't want anything. I just want him to be... Mean, evil, cold... Evil. Soulless. Yes. Windows to my soul are empty. My eyes are empty. <laughs> and everything else. So that's what I'm looking for. That's it. That, that, I was surprised. I hadn't seen this till tonight. So thank you for showing that to me. And Yeah. That's awesome, dude. I I really want it to do well for him. So yeah, when no, is that coming out? Uh, this year sometime. It, it, no, I don't have a release okay. date. There may be a release date out. I just I haven't seen it. I, I literally just found this today. It'll be yeah. up on the Facebook page tomorrow. Okay. Because um, I've scheduled it for tomorrow, but it it looks like it, I I came across this. And I'm like, first of all, Matt has to know about this. Yeah. Second of all, like this has to be something we're talking yeah. about. Oh yeah. But yeah. um, yeah, it's it's it. it I, expectations being high for us on this i i wouldn't say that that you know we're we're expecting the movie to be good i would ex- say that we're expecting at least or in my opinion i'm expecting at least kevin james to be good in it. yeah yeah that's where i'm at and for it to be red box too like straight vod um at least that's what i'm assuming so see that's interesting too because that's something i need to look at i'm going to do a little research on is like okay so when did red box start getting into this yeah this is the first this thing i've heard first, exactly me too so yeah. i don't know if they found a void but, but you know what why not though i yeah. mean i mean you think okay so what is prime doing you're just renting stuff and watching it there mm-hmm. red box you you're going and buying it from them and renting it. Well, they it. go streaming app now too. Yeah, well, they do, yeah. but I mean, the whole point. And this being may be like their yeah. leg up on the streaming app. Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, yeah. they can do this and, and get quality people like that. And I know that the um, oh, I know who she is now, the wife of Kevin McCowan. That I couldn't place her. Yeah. You wouldn't place her, but she's from The Handmaid's Tale. Oh yeah, no, she's one of the Marthas that works in the well, whatever. You're all French to me. Yeah, I know. But <clears throat> I understand. Hey, one other thing before we jump into this other one that we have here, and I, I, I definitely wanted to talk about this because I just wrapped up Killing Eve season three. Yeah. And this programming, this is so good. This is so good. I know it's kind of out of our, our wheelhouse to a degree, but I cannot. This, I don't well, know. Well, I to wouldn't say, say it's out of our wheelhouse. Like, I mean, uh, we. We both enjoy good other television. Things, but yeah, yeah other this things, is yeah. just quality. I mean, the quality of this is so well done. I just cannot say enough about it. And honest to God, this woman that plays Villanelle in this, uh, Jodie Comer, or yeah, Comer, she's just phenomenal. And I found something out else today about her that I wanted to bring up because I wanted, it was amazing that we had a tie-in. She's Ray's mother and raises in the um, Rise of... Uh, Skywalker. Skywalker, yeah. I didn't know that. And then I went back and watched it, and like, yeah, now I see it. But she's done some other stuff that if you don't know, if you don't watch Killing Eve, um, she did White Princess too, which was really good. 
that's a great series as well. And I believe that I think that was HBO or Cinemax or I'm not sure where where it was. Anyway, she's really good at it. Now, the other thing too, she's in this. So this lady's going to be blowing up, mm-hmm. okay? And um, she's also playing in Free Guy, which is going to be the one yeah, with, uh, with Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, yeah. So she has a she has a part that's, in that too. That's a movie that we haven't heard anything about in a long time. Yeah, yeah. So this this particular <clears throat> she has range, but I don't want to take away from Sandra O oh either because she is phenomenal in this, and I can't say enough about it. Just up and down. Her acting is absolutely insane in this, and the storyline is fantastic. Um, it's engaging. It keeps you. It keeps you on the edge of your seat. Sandra's the good woman from uh, Grey's She's Anatomy. The, yeah. yeah, or uh, the Asian woman. Grey's. Yeah, not ER. Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, yeah Grey's yeah. Anatomy. Yeah, the Asian lady. Yeah. So um, she's Eve. So um, it's just, it's crazy. And now we can get deeper into like, you know, what the season meant and stuff. We're not going to do that here. Whatever. I yeah. mean, we don't need to do that. All I'm saying is, is if you have not watched this and you have the opportunity to go ahead right now while we're all kind of quasi quarantined or whatever, and you want to bench something that's really There's worthwhile, nothing else on. go watch that. Because I cannot say enough about it. It's outstanding. So, But moving on to something... That is a little closer to home for us, though, is the uh, is the Batwoman situation. So, again, only watching one episode of it, okay? Yeah, I watched a little bit more. You was, did? Yeah, what, I, watched, you think? I watched like probably half the, the first season. Um, it was good. It was. It wasn't. Campy is not the right word. Is it harder because it's CW though? No, I no. I think the CW. TV shows are like are good TV shows. Yeah, I just think that it was for me for for a, for a comic book fan, right? Yeah, they took a character, and I'm not talking about Batwoman, but the the her they they built a story around her that was very um, non-native to to me, and yeah. you know because the whole premise. I'm not giving anything really away, um, other than like the first episode, but. Um, the, they build up this this relation between her and her sister, who's been missing for God knows how long, um, and her father, who's like the the um, the head of the security agency that is protecting Gotham and the absence of Batman because Batman's been gone um, for a while, which does happen in the comics. Um, but the sometimes he's got business, dude. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes he's got know, business. He's got sometimes he's presumed dead. You know. Mm-hmm. There's nobody else there to to um, really fill in the shoes, and she Sometimes she comes. Dark seeds rolling in town. You gotta you yeah. gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to save the planet. <laughs> Stupid ass. <laughs> um, no, but the, the, you know, there's there's a lot of assumptions made in it, and then also there's the the storyline ends up her her sister who was lost ends up being um, Alice. Who's the captive of the um, within the, the original comic book storyline? She's the captive of the Mad Hatter. Yeah. In this case, it, who's also the sister of the Mad Hatter? Um, in this case, it's not the sister of the Mad Hatter. It's 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 Batwoman's sister. Oh. And so there's this whole um, there. She's the she's the main antagonist in this. And so you know, it's just. Uh, a little it, weak yeah i mean they and they they really lean into that and there's not 
a whole lot more to it than than the relationship between yeah. her and you know that that sibling not rivalry because i mean there is some of that but but you know the the fact that they're siblings and also arch nemesis within this so i i just you know yeah eh. well obviously you know she's off I and mean, we talked about that before so ruby rose is done yeah so but bring, she's being recasted yeah um, not not as the same character but they're, they're gonna bring no they're bringing a new person in to fill the suit and the person or the the character yeah. The new character they bring in is called Ryan Wilder, yeah. which I had to like check my bat knowledge. This person doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Yeah. No, that's what I was thinking. Okay. About. So it doesn't. This person's brand new. It's something they're creating for this, and it's the same. The person's still going to have the same sexual preferences and things like that, but it's a different type of a story. Where I guess this individual Ryan. And that may just be the name they're using until they cast the person. So, or like they cast the character. Mm-hmm. But I don't still see a parallel of other Bat characters, like legitimate comic book ones that fit the mold of this. But so they kind of like had a rough life, lived on the streets, dodged the gangs, ran the drugs, like drug running stuff or whatever. They were hooked on drugs, or they, they imply that they were and so forth like that. So. But then they come out of it and try to like go through the redemption process, and then eventually somehow they get into this and they become this person. So bad. But that's interesting to me because that's different. That doesn't usually go that way. So I just wonder. I'm try. I, I've done some due diligence to try to find out who this could possibly be. I cannot find a tie back. To somebody else from the comic books that, that fits into this, like if it's just if this is just a casting name, I don't see it. So if they're literally creating a brand new person, that's interesting because that's gonna that's probably gonna blow back at some point and come into a comic. Mm-hmm. I think I, I don't know. It just seems weird to me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much pull um, DC Comics has within or how how much pull. The CW TV shows, the yeah. Berlanti verse, has within um, the uh, the DC comic book realm to where they would they would you know like Marvel for example like they built comics now based upon what's going in the the movies and TV shows and stuff and they yeah but this is they kind of test things out yeah um, that way but yeah and and then vice versa like the, they'll they'll have like. Um, Hawkeye, for example, looks mm-hmm. exactly like Jeremy Renner now within the comics, and yeah, you know, so it's it's not something that um, I don't think that that's necessarily going to be the case with this. Um, I think that that you know we. No, my point is not that to resemble the person. No, but the, the storyline exists. Even, yeah, yeah. I think even the creation of the character. I don't know. You don't so think that's... you don't think that the, if if this is a brand new person that they've constructed for Batwoman, I mean, if it blows up and it does really well, yeah, sure. But yeah. you know, all the evidence that we have currently doesn't doesn't point support to... it either. Yeah, I, I mean, I just don't know. It just seems like I'll be honest with you. I'm starting to feel the Batwoman's not being handled appropriately. Yeah, and I might have to get involved. 
<laughs> okay. So, <laughs> but I'm going to let it go and we'll see what happens. But I will be, I will probably check this one out. And I didn't watch the Ruby one because, honestly, God, I just did not care for the actress. So. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was, I thought she did a decent job. It mm-hmm. was just, um, I wasn't crazy about the storyline. Yeah. That's all for me. But yeah. Okay. Anywho. So that's um, what else do I got? Boom, 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 boom. That's it, dude. I'm finally out. All right. Um, well, so something that um, was released this past week and, and is relevant for a couple different reasons. First of all, the game's coming out. Um, and for those of you that haven't played Last of Us, the first part, um, or or like me, watch somebody else play Last of Us, the first part, <laughs> because you don't have time to play the game. Um the the storyline essentially is that the main character and I, I forget what her name is off the top of my head, but the main character is this this um, preteen teen child, and she's immune to the zombie outbreak that's that's come along, and you don't necessarily know that at the beginning. You you end up learning that through the game. Spoilers ahead, by the way, um, but uh, you. Um, learn this there's there's a, uh, a male protector that kind of leads her to the sanctuary to where they're going to figure out what makes her immune and they're going to um, make this available for multiple people um, within the like a vaccine yeah like a vaccine okay. type of thing um, and then uh, then that's kind of where it drops off once they get to this point um, so two's presumably going to pick up like right there um, and we got a release date from this trailer onto, um, which is the 19th of this month. So it's like right mm-hmm. around the corner. Um, and then also um, we have um, uh, the the TV show coming up and the on HBO. Yeah. And they're in production of that. People have been talking about how they've taken, or the, the production team, um, director, story writer, um, producer, somebody within the production team had an article come out last week um, that's on the Facebook page if you want to read more on it. But they um, they were talking about how they wanted to in, to make sure that the TV show felt very much like the video game, and they've they've taken certain measures to be able to do so. So you know, it's definitely coming back around, and it's, it's going to be something that's it's more. Inter- it's interesting to see the video game market lead. The media market. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. And it, it goes to show you the power of it, though. And we've mm-hmm. talked about how big it is before. Billion dollar business. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, we talked, and again, I think it was even more proof in the pudding when, um, well, Rich, oh, of course, Richard, but no, the, the, when they did the drop of the trailer on Fortnite. So, yeah. It's like that shows respect to the industry. For sure. Yeah. And, but again, no, but Richard is a good, another, another good example, too. So, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's really all I gotta say about it. There's there's not really a whole lot more known about it, at least from like our point of view. We haven't we're not like huge fans of it, but no. we definitely find it interesting. No, I find it looks it interesting. really cool, dude. Looks absolutely. I, cool. I love the the storyline of the first um, video mm-hmm. game. I may have to go back and actually play it now. Yeah. Um, once they get time, well, and then you know, I'm sorry, I don't have time to go back and play that right now because I'm smack dab still in the middle no, of Breath, Breath of the Wild, and I have opened up pretty much the entire map. Mm. Thank you, and um, well, with the help of my son's 22 amiibos. But, 
Um, I still, dude, I'm going to get off of this real quick. I, I'm still just, I, I, I actually had to put it down for two weeks because I actually got busy. And believe it or not, so I wasn't able to play as much, but had a little couple, couple few minutes here, here and there. So I got back into it again. It's just, it's such a good game. Yeah. Whatever, moving on. But when I'm done, we shall have a party. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to party. I'll bring a hat, whatever. <laughs> Drink a beer. <laughs> I was about to say, like, I, I didn't realize it was like that moment to, moment to us. Of a, Josh, I was hoping you'd bake a cake or something, but no. Uh, yeah, okay, sure. I won't. I'll, I'll, make you, I'll bake you a cake in the shape of like of the, the Trinity shield. Thank you. There That'll you work. Yes. But okay. um, yeah, so, you know, I'm definitely intrigued by it. And it's it's definitely um, something worth playing if you have the time. Um and uh, um, if you've played it, I, I know that you're definitely looking forward to the second one. Yeah, and um, I mean, obviously, it's just that—that's big buzz on that. Yeah, I we've we last week we exchanged we we exchanged comic books. Yeah, um, yeah. and so you had um, I had I'd given you a comic book, which we'll we'll get into after I mention um, the comic book you gave me. Yes. Um, and the comic book you gave me was, yes. uh, Morbius, the yeah. last, uh, or the living the vampire. vampire. Yes. Um, which is a new series started <clears throat> late last year. Um, obviously grew up no, leading up. I think so. It was the first issue was labeled like December of last year. Oh no, it probably was. Yeah. You're right. I'm so, sorry. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah. Um, the, but yeah, so so obviously it's leading up to the the movie that's coming out. Um, mm-hmm. Not really an origin story for the character, um, but very much interesting. Like first of all, the, the artwork's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I really love the artwork. They've they've definitely made mm-hmm. um, some major adjustments to Morbius since like I last wasn't yeah. um, saw Morbius within comics. Yeah. Um, the the for those of you who aren't familiar with Morbius. Morbius is a guy, he's a scientist, and he has um, uh, a blood disorder. Um, and uh, he, in trying to cure his blood disorder, he um, develops a, uh, or he, he, he develops a uh, methods or experiments on himself, ends up turning himself into a vampire, essentially. By, by using vampires. Yeah, bats. by using vampire bats. Yeah, um, he's a Spider-Man villain, so you know. Well, if you, that's debatable. Yeah, well, he's a Spider-Man yeah. character. Yeah. Um, he he came out of Spider-Man. He was originally a villain. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he was. And so, um, you know, very much in the same way that Spider-Man gets bit by a spider, and he turns into Spider-Man. Morbius gets bit by a bat, turns in or a vampire bat, he turns into a vampire. Yeah. Um within the original statement he always talks about this girl elizabeth uh i think it's elizabeth um certainly either way but you never he always talks about this girl if as if she was dead and i had always i don't know if i assumed that she was dead originally or if or if that's something that was a part of the original comics and then now they're retconning it but the story that is laid out within these four issues that he gave me is that um, she um, she's turned into like a Van Helsing type of character mm-hmm. and has come after him. Um, yep. He runs into Spidey, which I absolutely love. 
Okay. Um, in the second that's one. all I wanted to see. Because then I turned that page, Josh, and I turned that page, and all I saw was a... And then his hands were like being yes. clasped. I'm like, oh my God. Uh, this has to get to Josh as quickly as I am done reading this book. It must get in your hands. Yeah, I mean, he, so Morbius is a strong enough character to where he could probably lead a good comic book series on his own, but this definitely helps. Like, it's oh no, it's oh a, dude, I think it helps beyond belief. Yeah, I think I think it actually helps begin pacing the story, and actually, and obviously, the Spidey comedic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All the yeah. writing for Spidey Cuts. is outstanding. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like the one-liner quips, the yeah. uh, throughout the text be, of the 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 panels is is for like is has Spider Man so well wrapped into it. Yeah. Perfect. It makes me. First off, I would continue to read this book regardless, mm-hmm. but having Spidey in it, I want to read it that much, much more, more though. No, I agree. And I get I he's not going to be in it for the whole thing. But it shows, I think, a little bit of a difference to what... And again, you're right, because on I first, like, again, this Marvel, as we've talked about a is thousand times, your is not my wheelhouse. Yeah. But Morbius intrigued me, so that's why I got those. The I always kind of thought, oh, that's one of the rogues gallery for Spider-Man. I always just put him there. And I didn't realize that, you know, in this particular... Well, you can continue. I want to hear the rest of your critique, though. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Sp- Spider-Man aside, and we'll get back to Spider-Man, yeah. but um, Spider-Man aside, the the the, the storyline introduces a couple new characters that I'm not as familiar with. It introduces Elizabeth's brother, who was um, instrumental in helping uh, Morbius create this um, serum definitely not something that I particularly remember about the the original comic books um, and something that that's interesting and it's kind of cool the retro retro conning it um, in this way and making it um, refreshing the story a little bit making a character that wasn't nearly as complex as as he is now um, more complex to the point that he is now and um, uh, adds adds extra dimensions to the character. Um, they've got obviously some um flat some some points that fall kind of on their face. Um, but for the most part, I think that um that that does very well with with the 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 um context building more context for the character. Um, adding in for Morbius. Yeah, for okay. Morbius setting in the 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 um, previous partner element that that he kills whenever he first, um, and, and from what I remember, like the girl was the place of the partner, like like Morbius had. What was it? It was Michael's brother or Michael's sister. Right? Uh, no, no, no. So we, Michael Michael Morbius is. Um, oh no, Michael Morbius. No, I'm talking yeah, about his assistant. It was, it was his sister. And his sister. So the yeah. sister originally was the was the was the catalyst for change within the Morbius character. So he he had the blood issue. Um, he developed on his own um, a a, va- a, a um, the uh, the vaccine or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it the the serum that turns him into a vampire. Um, from what I remember, he he kills or like some accident happens and the girl gets killed. No, the brother gets killed. 
within the new comics. But oh, but you're talking about all the previous. Yeah. Uh, all the sh- also, so, that's why he pines for that. Yes, like, and that's why he's, he's always talking about the girl. I see. I and he's see. pining for the girl. I see. But with this yeah. added complexity, he's the girl's still there. Maybe he doesn't know that she was around. Oh, that would be interesting. And uh, that's why going. he I see was so going surprised. I see what you're going. Yeah. So I think I don't think that it's necessarily breaking continuity. I think it's adding to continuity to where he could still have not known about her still or being there and that um but the brother's dead regardless the brother's dead regardless they've obviously yeah. added the new brother or the brother into this this new comic book line i think it, it definitely oh, the brother adds, was never there before no i don't remember the brother oh okay no. okay so um he uh he um she's upset about the brother but um she's also upset about this monster killing the her her the love of her life essentially and so, when you um, say the monster can love her, the Morbius, the, Morbius, the vampire yeah, the that's vampire. taken over Michael, that's that's yeah. what she hates. Yeah, yes. exactly. So she's yeah. after the, the the vampire, and she's yeah. been killing vampires ever since then. Yeah. But and she went trained into all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah. And then the points were like kind of flat, falls flat, and you mentioned the Melter and stuff yeah, like that. That was dude. Just, come on, really? Of all the people you could pick, you picked the Melter. That's like putting. Uh, uh, What's his name in? Um, oh, jeez, I'm forgetting his name now. But he was in the one where the uh, where, where Batman had. You know what? Skip it. It'll come back to me, and I will put his name out there because he annoys me. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's just. I mean, it's like it's just like could we have? We couldn't we have anybody better? Really? We get the Melter. Yeah. Well, I mean, so it's it's common for for um marvel comics to kind of do this because they had in the deadpool comics they have tom cassidy um who's not a very big villain right and he's he's within the 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 um the deadpool movies for a very brief period of time yeah. but the his brother um within the the comic books is um the the guy with the big dome head i forget what juggernaut it? juggernaut yeah and so they're they're a team and so they they typically pair up these characters, and especially since they're pairing up Spider Man with them, it makes sense that they would pair these people up. That way, they can have more dynamic fight scenes and things like that. So you mean the Melter? Yeah, the Melter and and um, Elizabeth? Elizabeth. Yeah, so it makes um, it makes sense, kind of. I guess. I mean, don't get me wrong. They could have done it. better with that carrot with the Melter, but you know. I thought that I'm. Hmm, and maybe no. they will. You know, I mean, where 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 we left off at the end of um, four issues, they were going on. You know, he was he had he was inspired by Morbius, learning the truth about how Morbius came into existence. Yeah. And well, he, he wants to make his to own build. army of uh, Melter yeah. soldiers. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. or to to make to make vampires. Well, that's where it's at. He he took the codes, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so you know it has promise to it um i think that the comic book overall is is really good yeah um definitely worth a read especially if you're, Sp- you're a spidey fan yeah spidey in it is a fantastic well it was just to me it was the surprise of it though yeah like when i when i wasn't expecting it i didn't expect i mean i obviously knew that this comes out of the spider verse and all that type of stuff but i didn't expect it cuz i thought this was going to be like a like he was going to be a driver and it was just going to be his dealio. And at first I thought it was going to be a bunch of like two issues, three issues of 
this is me. I'm working in a hospital for five or six pages. And then, you know, mm-hmm. now I'm this. And now I'm a, I'm a really smart dude and wasting a bunch of time, you know, and, and selling copy. But they jumped right the hell in. Yeah. You know, but then when they pop Spidey in like that, dude, that's that was smart. Yeah. Now, he has an easy exit, too, which is great. You know what I mean? But it's nice to know that at least you know where he sits currently with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So as in this line, yeah. so as you go forward, you could potentially see where we get rid of the melter and we get something bigger or something better yeah. than we get Spidey back too. And then they work together because I think from, I mean, not knowing his whole line, but just doing some back research on him too. Obviously what you're referring to when you were talking is obviously a lot of the earlier pieces of Morbius, which is the Genesis pieces. But then later on, he gets to those other points um, where he's, Kind of like an anti-hero type mm-hmm. thing, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like something like that. So, yeah. anyways, cool stuff, cool stuff. I like, I loved it, dude. I lo- I thought it was great. I think, like I said, the art works great. The variant covers I thought were fantastic. So, um, yeah, I think that, like I mentioned to you too, I think he's a he's a character that you can draw a lot like Spawn. Yeah, and I think Spawn. When you see like good people that do Spawn, it's oh, it's so badass, dude. That's like super badass. If you've yeah. really seen some really cool Spawn work, I mean, but that kind of has the same feel. Yeah, they know? had they had one run of Spider Man where it was like he was Spider Man got really really dark for a period. And I forget what they they put the the suit within the video game. Yeah, um, to where it's it's like almost like a leathery type of suit. Um, if I showed you, you'd know which suit I'm talking about. But um, they they they've done that before with Spider-Man. You definitely get the same type of feel with this um, with with Spider-Man being in it. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's 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 definitely a darker comic, but um, still has hues of light mm-hmm. around it. Cool. No, all right, we'll move off of that. But I will tell you what I'm going to pick up this week, and hopefully Soundwave has it too, is I want they they relaunched Hellblazer, John Constantine's Hellblazer. Yeah. And I think there's six issues. I have a strong suspicion I could probably get all six because I don't think a ton of people are looking for those. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to probably pick those up. So that's my next nice. my next grab will be that. And then I believe if I got the schedules correctly, I think on Wednesday we'll get Bounty Hunters. So nice. We should be able to get that, and then also, um, what was the other one? That doesn't matter. But anyways, but I want to I want to get that Hellblazer in too, and I'll um oh I think Justice League Dark also started the new run too, and I might start that because I'm just on this kick right now. I'm going into the darker realm. <laughs> so I got my Morbius. I'm gonna get some Constantine. I'll get some Justice League Dark. And obviously, I'll continue the Batman, and of course, anything they put out on Star Wars, I'll read. So, speaking of Star Wars, yeah, um, I gave you uh, Age of the Republic. Yes, yeah, you last did. week you did. Yes, um, I want to. I'm desperate to hear your thoughts about this. My thoughts, I loved it. I actually, I, I really did. And I, and I, and I got probably three pages of notes on this, so we probably won't go through all of it. But I, um, I thought this was really cool because it added so much depth to the characters. And it also gave kind of an explanation of, 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 you know, A, you know, why they do some things that they do. Some of them were just more back, like, Genesis-type stories, especially, like, with Maul and stuff like that. But a lot of them I, I really like. So I ranked, I ranked my top three. 
that I really enjoyed the most. So without going too far, I mean, I can like, well, I'll be quick. I'll try to be quick. So with Qui-Gon, so what I liked about the Qui-Gon one though, is that really shows and defines his character and how he was a very um, independent thinker, Mm -hmm. but yet a staunch Jedi Mm -hmm. and yet questioned authority the way that he did. Yeah. And you see that, you know what I mean? So it just kind of like reaffirmed some of the things that you see. And it's like he was never one just to go with the flow if he felt it wasn't right. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, later on, he yeah. ends up changing Yoda's mind exactly. about a lot of different things. Too, no, that's so. true. And that and that's that's and that's why we'll see more we'll hear more and see more of Qui Gon. Yeah, no, I yeah, think so. Yeah. Question. So with Maul Maul, it really just kind of like, it just reaffirmed what you already knew. I mean, he's like driven by anger and bloodlust. I mean, that's basically it. I mean, he is, he's a one-dimensional dude in a sense. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm, I got to disagree. With that? Okay. Uh, um, within ish, he, I think he's got a little bit more there. Um, especially within Rebels as I'm, as I'm diving into Rebels. Yeah. Um, there's a the, the so you're saying the reincarnated film. one, right? The reincarnated Maul? Yeah. This is yeah. This uh, is after the he gets after the events of spider legs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, not spider legs, but yeah, bio bio legs. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Whatever. But yeah, no. So my point, my point being is like, so the reason I say that is like, like he obviously, I look at him this way, and we're and we can completely disagree. I think he was a pawn that had a very thuggish type of approach. Mm-hmm. And he was very bitter. He was very, like I said, just driven by killing. I mean, killing is what drove the guy. And it, like, I think it shows up, though, because what ends up happening, obviously, he dies, goes down the shaft, whatever. His brother then brings him back. Brings him, puts the bionic legs on him or whatever. It is well, yeah, he had the bionic legs. And but then, then he, what, is, what does he end yeah. up doing, though? He ends up becoming super successful working as in the underworld, right? Mm-hmm. So he's basically he's left that. He's no longer into the Sith. He now just runs the underworld. So it's like completely like, you know, in that whole like it fits to me what Maul really was, which is basically a thug, and then driven by power. Driven by and power, and now he has revenge. It. Yeah. And revenge. And so basically if he can if he can mess with if he can just He's not one to conform to anything, to be yeah. honest with you. I think he found something that helped him, you know, and then then he decided to go on and do his own thing. So I think he found his home. I think that's probably where he should have always been, you mm-hmm. know. So yeah. I think the flashback scenes in there where he goes and smells the the dust mm-hmm. and then goes back and he, he sees that scene and he cuts the dude's head off and stuff like that. It's like what? You so know? I'm curious so. as to whether it's a flashback or not. Oh, it's a flashback. Do you think so? Oh yeah. I yeah. I, I'm I'm not as convinced. I'm not saying flashback. it's a flashback. I, I think, think it's, it's a hallucination. Yeah, it's it's a I'm sorry, glimpse yeah, hallucination. Of, I yeah, I think it's more of like a glimpse. It did of what, not happen. What could have been? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What could have been? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. So yeah, that's correct. Similar yeah. to what the Jedi go through, like like with Luke, he he goes into the the, the tree, right? And I, I don't know. I don't want to spoil anything for Clone Wars, but this definitely happens in Clone Wars too, at certain points. But um, and even Rebels, but but you know within temples, 
of sorts, um, either Jedi or Sith. They're, they're chambers to where you go in. And and within Dagobah, there's there's a certain place, and it's within the tree to where Luke goes in, yeah. and he confronts Vader, right? And then the yeah. he um, the uh, the helmet falls off, and it's Luke, right? So um, there's a certain point where, uh, or there's certain places where the the Force is so strong and so communicative with you that it can it can um, bring to light what's deep deep down inside of yourself, mm-hmm. and with him. It was that point of that. So yeah, but you're right. It, it's not a flashback. It's a, it definitely yeah. is a hallucination for for sure. It's just another. It's another method that uh, Sidious can just can use to control too, though. You know what I yeah. mean? So oh, he's yeah. driving all that bullshit. So, um, all right. So my favorite out of all of them was Django. I thought the Django one was yeah, the, the Django best. Yeah, Django was really good. I thought that was just so cool, especially when you see him. The client with the deep pockets and stuff too. It's like yeah. you know, you realize, oh yeah, you know what's going on with that. You know what I mean? Um, and I think the premise was kind of cool that, you know, as wrong as it sounds, like he's out taking his little kid around, teaching him how to just like be a badass. You know what I mean? And I thought that was cool. So you know, um, I don't know. I I just liked it. I thought it was a good. I gave it. It just gave a little bit more perspective and a little more exactly to to the character, and I I just I liked it. I mean, unfortunately, obviously, you know, he gets his head chopped off by Mace, but mm-hmm. but bottom line, it just it gave more to that character, and I liked it. I liked it. I, that was my favorite. I think that was my favorite. So, um, the next one was Anakin's. Um, the, what I liked about this, and as you, you keep seeing more and more, the like Anakin to me has become more developed in comics and in, in an animated series than ever in the movies, and they missed the mark in the movies. movies. Yes, they did, in my opinion. Yeah, because obviously you can say this is a movie about him. Yeah, and that's fine. Well, this, this, but this puts so much perspective, though. Mm-hmm. And I really, I mean, I'm, this, we're talking about a comic book that was only like 15 pages. But yet it showed, it just showed, I think it showed Anakin. Um, it shows the struggle it, that Anakin goes through. He does, it does. And, it, and it's really like, before the circumstances change him, it's really, it's interesting because... Um, Well, nah, I'm not going to go down that road. I'll leave that alone. But um, you're right. I think I'll just sum it up with that. I think it's right. It's like all the trials and tribulations that he goes through, all the challenges that he has, and all the struggles that he goes through. First off, you know, like getting stuck with, like in his mind, getting stuck with Obi. You know what I mean? Getting stuck with Obi-Wan where... And then Obi-Wan, really, was he ready to take on a, a Padawan or whatever? But he had to. You know what I mean? So all those different things, and it's like, I don't know. It, it's I think it's pretty cool, but um, that wasn't it, it. wasn't in my top though. But my second favorite, to be honest with you, was the Padme. Really? Issue. Yeah, and I'll tell you why. Because it showed her in, in like a badass way. Finally, you know what I mean? She right. can be all dressed up and do all her little political BS and stuff like that. But when push comes to shove. She's not one to be trifled with. Okay. You know what I'm saying? 
when she goes up and takes out the sniper on the roof, come on, yeah. now, that's pretty badass. You know what yeah. I mean? She's like, it's she's clever. taking care of her own business. She's yeah. not sending anybody else to do her dirty deeds. She's taking care of her own business. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, and I guess I'm a little bit, I look at this from a different perspective because she's very present in like her, her badassery is much more present in like the, the Thrawn books that I read. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, I, I look at it and I'm like, yeah, she going, she going to get them. <laughs> she going to get them. You know, as they're like the, the snipers taking shots at them as they're coming in. So I, I like that one. I think it just gives a different perspective of her too. And I think that's what all of this did, to be honest with you. Gave a different perspective. You know, not just not just more information, but a different perspective too. And my the last one which was General Grievous. That's my number three, dude. And I'll tell you what, hardly any words in it, but I thought that was so well done. Mm-hmm. It gave you so much more Grievous because really all you look at Grievous now is a hollow shell swinging lightsabers. Mm-hmm. You know, that gave me some premise with him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know why it was so simply done, but there was a lot in that. And even though, I mean, visually, especially because, like you said, I look at art. So, I mean, visually, yeah. there was a ton, ton in that. But honest to God, there could have only been not even two paragraphs of dialogue. But it didn't matter. I love that story. I thought that was probably one of the best. And then the last three were, like, the excerpts from, like, the 501 and the May stories or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those weren't actually... And the, then also the, the girl that's the Inquisitor. The Inquisitor, yeah. yeah. The Ventress. Yeah, the Ventress. Yeah. So, okay, first off, like you, like you said to me, too, of course, Mace, obviously, just badass. Yeah. Just, I mean, come on, badass. Yeah. I mean, without question, I think that that would... Takes down literally hundreds of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not to mention, after they already disassembled his lightsaber and he puts it together with his mind, then yeah. kicks your ass. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like, you know, someone taking your bike and you chase them down, them beating their ass. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so, I, love, I love the fact that they bring, um, that they use that moment to bring in a little bit of continuity with um, David Tennant's character, the, the droid that yeah. um, helps all the Padawans put their first lightsaber mm-hmm. together. Yeah, I forget his name, but you're right. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. That was yeah. really cool that they did that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, the, I really liked, and I'm telling you right now, I'm getting such a, an emotional attachment to troopers now. Yeah. I mean, I always love stormtroopers, but now I'm getting emotionally attached to them. It's like, you know, with hardball and all the, I mean, all the characters, you know, uh-huh. I mean, you know, whatever, but you know, all, and it's like now in that story too, with Cody and stuff too. And it shows that dynamic of it, it, that side of Anakin that you love, you know what I mean? That, and like leading from the front and all that type of stuff, you know, it just, um, in that in that one stretch in uh, in Clone Wars where Anakin was pulled off and they brought in uh, the other Jedi to run the yeah. the that was and it again shows the power of good leadership too yeah but it also in your in the back of your mind you still think it's Anakin you know it's, I mean you know but it changes my perspective or I shouldn't say my perspective my appreciation for the clone like troopers through the roof now, especially watching that, reading that too, was really cool too, where um, they've become, they have gone beyond what they're meant to be because Anakin has promoted Specifically it. with the 501st. Ex- ex- yeah, with the 501st, exactly, yeah. yeah. So, anyways, 
I really enjoyed that one. And then the last one I thought was really cool too because it puts in perspective her then too mm-hmm. with the Night Sisters and all that the other side with her mm-hmm. Ventress. So, and she's dude, she's badass as hell. Yeah, too, she man. is. And she yeah. came out of concept art. I didn't know that she her, wasn't even original. She was originally going to be um, one of, of, of the um, what do you call it? the apprentice for the Sith, and then yeah. they didn't use it. Hmm. So, but anyways, she's she's awesome. I like her. Yeah, have you gotten to the episode with her and uh, Boba Fett and Clone Wars yet? No. Okay. No. Yeah, I mean, she has a she. There's a lot of her within Clone Wars, and it was yeah. what, reading this after Clone Wars definitely puts a lot of perspective um, into that character. So, yeah. um, I think my least favorite was actually one of your most favorites, Padme. The Padme. You didn't like it? I didn't like it. It was well. I mean, I not not to say that I didn't like it. Because I, I enjoyed all of them. Like there were there were a couple or there were two that that didn't pick up as well for me as they they could have. I forget what the second one was, but the the big one was Padme. And just because I didn't feel like it moved the for, the story along anymore, like than it than it should have. Like she went there, and then it, essentially she didn't accomplish anything other than like a show of good faith with the but people see, that to were me, there. That's that's what showed me yeah, something, no. though. That's what shows no, me I get what it. she was facing yeah. in this environment of all the pressures of everything coming down, and to at least get the possible. I mean, to, to go through that, to put your life on the line, and you know, for all of that, just to get the possibility of the consideration. That's pretty. Yeah. That's a lot to me. You yeah. know, looking from a political ecosphere, you know what I mean? <clears throat> no, I get that. I'm just, you know, it, it just, it didn't do it for me. It was, okay. You know. What was your, what was your number one, two, and three? You think? Uh, my number one was Mace Windu by far. Yeah. Um, my number two was probably um, the Qui Gon Jinn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my number three was probably Anakin. Um, I I've become such a huge fan of Anakin since. Um, diving into uh, this. I can't wait for you to read the next comic book yeah. that I'm giving you. Um, it shows... So the, the next comic book that I'm giving you is Obi-Wan and Anakin. Yeah. Um, Five-issue series. Um, and it takes place nine years after the death of um, Obi-Wan. And... Or, sorry, not Obi-Wan. After the death of um, Qui-Gon Jinn. And it's... Um, it shows you exactly what you saw within that comic, what you alluded to between the relationship between um, Obi-Wan and Anakin. Yeah. And it's very relevant within there as to what where that comes from. And um, just amazing um, as far as the, the storytelling w- between those two characters. And then also showing you kind of how the influence starts to happen with with Anakin um and and the 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 plans that that start to get set out for him to mm-hmm. manipulate him to the dark side so even from that young age and this is kind of like where the 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 um where palpatine kind of starts to first work gives, his ears gives his hooks in him. yeah so <laughs> um very very interesting cool um, i can't wait we'll talk really next good. week yeah so um sure then the final piece of news um i wanted to talk about i know you want to talk about thrawn Mm -hmm. so i'll definitely let you go ahead and talk about thrawn um but there's 
a bunch of stuff that they're doing with um with the the um live action Star Wars stuff and and mm-hmm. it seems like they're definitely moving into a direction at least with the Disney Plus series and the live action series that they're doing. Um and there was a casting call for Ezra Bridger that we saw last week on the 29th. Yeah. Um and this um the the casting call calls for um it didn't specifically mention Ezra Bridger within the the casting call but they alluded to um somebody that between the age of 30 to 40 um looking Damn for <laughs> looking for uh people of Asian descent Damn however it. they're open to Indian Latino and Middle Eastern um Damn what it. they did it and Damn it. Well, then what, why, can't, why can't an Irish, an old fat Irish dude get, get in the Star Wars universe? <laughs> um, what, what, they, what they didn't include within this article that was within the casting call was this unnamed character um, that they were, um, that they had originally mentioned was, was made to be like kind of the Tony Stark of, ah. the, Star, of the Star Wars universe going forward. So he's kind of laying the groundwork um, for the the expansion of the storyline. So um, obviously Thrawn is a big character within that as well, and and um, you know with the casting announcement of Thrawn and stuff like that. But but the the, um, the he's going to be the connective tissue not only between that character um, ah- Ahsoka. Um, uh, Sabine, and then um, and then those people connecting to Mando, but there's some uh, evidence that points to that there may be something even bigger than that going on, as far as like, you know, maybe a Jedi Order building up kind of around him with in in parallel to what Luke is building off scene in this, so. Um, well, would that would that possibly? I'm trying to think timeline wise, from the video game, Cal would fit into the same time frame, right? Mm. Yeah, why wouldn't he? That happened, that happened during. No, um, he, this was at, that was after. Was it after? Because, because there were because he's in hiding, right? He's in so, hiding, but there's no Jedi left during during the resistance or during the rebellion. Though this happens after. Oh, this is after. Yeah, I'm, this sorry. Is, this I, is I'm like, sorry. I apologize. This is like okay. six ABY. Okay, 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 okay. So okay, okay, I got you now. Okay, yeah, I got you. All right, I'm all right. I'm off. So I mean, it, unless they bring back um, Cal, and you know, I mean, it could happen, right? So I mean, that's within connective tissue. Well, so I'm just trying to. I I just wonder if 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 there's going to be some point where we see that linkage from the video game. And the character that, like the actor that actor played the plays. character in the video game, then becomes a oh, live be action actor. I that's going to be I wouldn't rule crazy. It out. Oh, I don't rule it out either. Yeah. But I was trying to think timelines. But you're right; it's off. It's off. It won't work. Not necessarily, because I mean, they could be at the the um, you know that that the war if they're if they're within if they're close to close enough to the um, to a new hope. There's three years between A New Hope and the Battle of Yavin. Yeah. And then this happens within 10 years of the Battle of Yavin. So, um, you know, that's um, 
13 yeah, and, years. And you it's have not some really flexibility that. with the age of that character because it's not mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, you've got, you've got time to do it. Yeah. Okay. So we can, we're going to call that right here, right now that we're, we're saying that. I would love to see that. Okay. So if it happens, remember you heard it here first, just, <laughs> just like everything else that we say. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I mean that's that's the that's the big um, news um, mm-hmm. as far as what what's coming out for Star Wars. It seems like Ezra is going to be the centerpiece of the the expansion moving forward. But with that comes Thrawn, and I know you're dying to yes, talk about this. Absolutely. Oh God, I can't wait for that. Well, do you want to? Who are you thinking about for Ezra Bridger, though? I have no idea. I'd have to think. Okay, so next weekend or next weekend, yeah, we'll yeah, talk we'll, about we'll talk about casting because I've Bridger. watched enough. I've watched three seasons of that already, so I can definitely have an opinion on that. Well, there's so. only four seasons. What's that? So there's only four seasons. I know. Watch three. Okay. Yeah, but I stopped. Well, I stopped mid third season. Gotcha. Before I got to Thrawn. Yeah. Because because Seth referred me back, and I and I thank you, Seth, because I'm loving the Clone Wars. All right, so on to um, Thrawn. Okay, near and dear to my heart. I cannot wait for this. I cannot. I just can't wait for this at all. I'm so excited. I cannot. I was just so pleased, which it has to happen, dude. It has to happen. For a character to have this much, um, I don't want to say, like, well, fan favorite, importance, whatever you want to call it, everybody wants this. They mm-hmm. want it one way or another. They they gave you they gave you a little you know you wet your beak, you know in the animated series, and now it's it's time it's time to make the move. You know what I mean? And I think they have the potential to really do a lot in using this character as a pivot point to bring in a bunch of other stuff too. And you, that's why it's so critical what they do with this character makes a difference because it definitely opens a dip and it's strong enough. And the character's around long enough, you know, and there's, and I mean, I mean, I mean, he was, Thrawn was hanging out with Anakin and Darth Vader. So he's got it all covered. You know what I mean? So there's so many different points that you can bring him in and, and what have you. So, but I wanted to get what you, what your top picks were you think that you could see. To play Thrawn? Well, mine always has been Cumberbatch. Period. I've always said that before. Yeah, that'd be really good. I've always said that. It's just like I see him, and that's just it. I mean, I'm done. I mean, that's him for me. But I got I got three other guys. I got my two. number one pick. Yeah. Um, Tom Hardy. Interesting pick. Not bad. Don't dislike it. Not bad. Who's your number two? You want me to get my number two? Yeah, go ahead and give you a number two. My number two, um, Fastbender, Michael, Magneto. Yeah, from the new one? Mm-hmm. That one's really good, too. Damn it. <laughs> I can't believe this one's not... My, my third is not jumping out at you. And then I'm going to give you my wild card, which I would love, and I hope that they think about this. But... This is, I mean, and I will blow your mind with my fourth pick. You want me to do my third then? 
Yeah, go ahead and do your third. Hiddleston. Yeah. Loki. Yeah, Tom Hiddleston would be really good. He would be really good too. Does he does he have the build for it though? Oh well, and he can't he can't bulk up because Loki. Well, Thrawn's not big. He's a pretty decently nah. wide shouldered guy. Well, I think he's. I would say he's got a presence. To him, I, I, he has a presence. I think I I vision him more as height versus versus breadth. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I definitely. I don't think he has like like uh, like what would you call like little slopey shoulders or anything. But I no. definitely think he's his is more about. I look at him as like lean, tall. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll, that that yeah. that type of perspective, and that's why with my very last suggestion which i would think would be cool is why you would see what the hell this comes in but uh, yeah don't tell me that one yet um, no, i won't uh, but cumberbatch has that type of like the way dr strange is right he's not small but he's not huge you know what i mean but he has presence and he's like he just definitely has it's definitely a slender i always interpret him as being more slender dude i don't know the race because there's not a ton of them out there because yeah. most of them are gone I'm just going off of what's within yeah. Rebels, and within Rebels, he's... They make him look thick? Not thick, but, like, bigger. He's yeah. not slim. Um, he doesn't have a swimmer's body. He definitely has more of a, uh, like, a light cross- CrossFit body. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. I have no idea. <laughs> um, my base, you've inspired me, um, the the guy that plays Vision. Hmm. I didn't think about him. That would be good. That could be good too. No, that could be good. I like that one. I like that one. All right, here's my um, wild card pick. Okay. Okay. Keegan Michael Key. Like from Canfield. Mm-hmm. That'd be good. That's and That'd I really I haven't I I checked. So here we go. I checked the internet today. Nobody's mentioned it until yeah. now. He doesn't currently play a Star Wars character. Does not. And I was gonna play. I was gonna say David Tennant, but David Tennant plays a Star Wars character. He does. And he's also a classically trained actor. If you didn't know, he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's doing Hamlet right now on Broadway and all that type of stuff. So I mean, he's got like real chops, other than just like the goofy comedy stuff. So he can definitely do it all. He can definitely. I mean, of course. Everyone in the Empire, for some reason, has to be British or, <laughs> or have some type yeah, of he's an got accent. a British accent. Yeah. yeah. So he could definitely do that. And his presence, he's a tall guy, long ass arms and everything like that. So it kind of has more alien arm type dealio. Again, I don't really understand the complete construction of the, the Sith. So, you know, whatever. But that, I would love to see him. That If I don't see him, Cumberbatch has to do it. He has to do it. He has. He even has the eye shape. I mean, the guy is like. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is just like paint him blue. That's it. Mm-hmm. Cut his hair. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. It. And he has that methodic. Like, if you if you ever watched him in uh, the Sherlock Holmes series on BBC, that yeah. kind he's of. He's definitely. Like, he can fit into that mold really yeah, well. Yeah, because because for... it's not like he's not. Like even like if you if knowing Thrawn, I don't know how he's portrayed in the in the animated series. He talks on a different level to people. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like yeah, it's not like you're not just gonna have a BS conversation. With no, him. he's you know he's I mean? he's it's um, cultured, 
yeah. and yet extremely intelligent. Like that's that's the thing that I got from Thrawn is yeah. that that he's got he's got like that that annoyingly high intelligence rate. Like like and but he doesn't present himself as like like a, necessarily like a know it all. He's 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 conversational, and but he can talk about art and culture and. Yeah. Well, that's, all that's these how, different things. But that's how he solves a lot of his issues yeah. is he learns through the art. Extreme, of, yeah. That's what he does. He studies the art and then he learns and then he then he goes out and asks probing questions and it's like he if he's talking to you, it's not going to be about the weather. And if it's about the weather, it's because he wants to assess your ability to see how good you are determining what the weather's going to be like. You know what I mean? It's like he always has a motive mm. in a sense. And it's like... I, I just I, I find him intriguing and I think that sometimes I mean I get that the books because there's so many scenarios and there's so much detail and there's so much in there that sometimes there's some layups in there it's like okay alright I get they get kind of gave Thrawn the edge you know what I mean mm-hmm. and like with his calculations and all that type of stuff but I think in a movie format if he can masterfully do something like a major thing and like then like take all those components and and, and just like shuffle through and use that ability, they could really come up with something great. And uh, but anyways, I, I that's that's my opinion. I think it should be Cumberbatch, if not him. I mean, I guess Fassbender and Hiddleston. I'll put as like a they could be both be twos. But really, I think I think Keegan Michael Key would be great. I got a third pick for you, really quick. All right, what do you got? Um, Jake Gyllenhaal. He could work too. He could definitely work. Absolutely. He could work. No, he, he's never done Star Wars either. No, never done Star Wars. No. I like that. I like that. I can't wait to see I can't wait to see they start putting names out on this. Yeah. Yeah, no. I bet if I'm if I'm really lucky, maybe it's Patton's in. I will shoot myself. Honest to God, this podcast will end. I will never do this again. <laughs> so. Oh, Danley's question. Yeah. we. I'm sorry. We have one question from Danley. And um, let's get to it. So, Danley. Let's see. Danley, 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 Danley. Yes, sir. All right. Okay. So. Danley's question is so okay, and I'm sure Josh doesn't know this, but there's a documentary on Netflix, so maybe you do. I don't know. But today is the day that Doc Ellis pitched a perfect game high on LSD. Did you ever hear about that? Uh, yeah, vaguely I remember. Yes. So yeah, I so, think I saw the recap of it like not too long ago on MLB's um, page. They didn't mention the LSD part. But yeah, yeah. Well, they never do. But anyways, but there's a whole documentary <clears throat> on it too. So. He goes, having said that, what is the best pitching performance you have ever witnessed in person? In person? So he threw the in person in there, so that kind of throws me off, though, because I, I had... I'm, I'm assuming he's talking about at the field. Yeah, because he said witnessed in person. I had what I witnessed, but I wasn't there in person when I witnessed it. But So what do you have something in mind, or... Greg Maddox, um, oh God. 1996 yeah. World Series, 1995 nice. World Series. He, he threw a um, sh- shutout or close to shutout. But, yeah, I mean, I was young back then, so I don't remember it perfectly. But, yeah, that was by far probably the best pitching that I've 
witnessed. Yeah. So. Okay, cool. Um, the one that I remember most of all was, it was July 12th, 1997, and it was Francisco Cordova and Ricardo Wincone that put together a no-no for the Pirates. Mm-hmm. And it was against the Houston Astros. Jason Kendall was catching. And uh, it was a sellout crowd because it was fireworks night. So that's why I didn't go to the game because I couldn't get a ticket. But uh, that's the one that I remember watching and just that. Like, I didn't wasn't there in person, though, Dan Lee, so don't get too upset with me. But um, I will tell you that um, I think Gene Lamont worked a masterful game that day. That's the Pirates manager. And, um, you know, he pulled him and then put the reliever in after he had pitched like 122 pitches or so, which obviously in this standards, like this was 97, so things were a little bit different. But at that point, I mean, it was, he could have probably gone longer, but he didn't. And, I mean, of course, Gene looks like a hero now, but had he blown it with Rincon, then that'd be a different story. But he didn't. So, I don't know. That that's probably the one that I liked the best because we were I think at that point we were also we were fighting in the playoffs and it was in July not for the playoffs in July but we were still fighting for position and we were in second place in July which is a rarity for the Pirates a rarity with a bunch of scrubs as usual because we had nobody I think Brian Giles was on the team at that point too and um, I think you know, Kevin Young was on first base if I'm not mistaken um, and then we had. Uh, um, Al Martin. Uh, anyways, doesn't matter. So anyway, so that's what I didn't see. But what I saw in person is I got to say, like to be honest with you, I saw uh, Garrett Cole's first game that he pitched ever. It was fantastic. And then um, I don't know. That's probably it, Danley. I got I got to go with that one because that's the one that resonates the most with me as far as the best pitching performance. So that's what I got. And Josh has a good one, too. So there you go, brother. And, of course, it had to be something about the gay braves. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> that was inappropriate. Well, that's what we are. Inappropriate, always. <laughs> if you like our inappropriate material, make sure that you yes. li- uh, like the podcast on wherever you're watching at. Um, join our Facebook group. Follow us on Twitter. Um, contribute to our Patreon. Uh, we definitely want to hear from you. So make sure to either comment. Um, email us at either Matt or Josh at nerdforcepodcast.com. Until next week, this has been the Nerdforce Podcast.